window gazers and wandering geezers. Kick the dust from your weary boots, sink into the intoxication of familiarity, and resist for a moment the siren call of the lonely road. <sighs> because this is talk tall to me. Is it Lonely Road or Lonely Toad? Uh, that sounds tragic. A, lo- a Lonely Toad on a Lonely Road. Welcome back. I am Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moms. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A restful reprieve in the healing halls of Prog Rock, in which Never Go Out Nick and recently housebroken Omen sink into a pair of comfy leather armchairs, make a lovely cup of tea, and blow the dust off of every single track that prodigious prog rock band Jethro Tull ever produced. We will have a cookout in the Martin Bar backyard. Watch the fireflies from the D. Palmer porch and pour ourselves a nice cold glass cock of lemonade. All under the benevolent gaze and within the gentle embrace of Ian, please don't touch that thermostat, Anderson. <sighs> he has it set right where he likes. And, and he will know if it is a degree off. Oh, put, yeah. Put on a sweater. Just put on a sweater. I don't know if I've told you this, but I found I found out that there's a wonderful French phrase. You know, in, in the States, if someone leaves the light on, you might say, hey, can you turn off the light, please, if you're not using it in that room? Yeah. In French, they say, this isn't Versailles. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. That's I've started incorporating that into our home life here. I need to use that because Ray has a tendency to leave all of the lights on in the house. Oh, we all do, you know, from time to time. No, I don't. But I... <laughs> <laughs> he loved the darkness. It was cheap and efficient. <laughs> No one could see his flaws, not even himself. But I love saying, I love saying to my wife, uh, "This isn't Versailles, darling." <laughs> Put out the candles. Nick, hello, welcome. Hello, Omen. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome to track number three off of Stormwatch today, and we are watching for the storm. That we are. But before we get into the track itself, which is home, we've got yes. a little more, a little more Stormwatch lore. All, all told. You know, we almost need a lore sting. We we may need. But, I mean, we're, we're talking about it every single week. Exactly. We're going to make a really, lo- it's going to be a really long one. And then <laughs> and then you'll eventually not want us to use it. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's a cycle. What lore do you have for us today, Nick? So Home was recorded in 1979 in the July session, 1979, which I think was... One of their, yeah, it was the last bit of the session because the the whole reminder, the whole album was between August 78 and July 79 interspersed right, in between two, the tour. In two big yeah. sessions, mostly. But this was one of the final ones. Okay. Ian has admitted that it is a rare romantic song. Yes. Quote from Ian, the song Fires at Midnight was the same sort of thing about the nature mm-hmm. of home life house, children, whatever. It's as simple as the song sounds. It's it's never that simple, Ian. Yeah, right. <laughs> we also saw Home come out as a single in the States oh. in October of 79. It came out paired with Warm Sporin. 
Oh, interesting. And then in the UK, November 23rd of 79, it dropped as an EP of Home, King Henry's Madrigal, Warm Sporin, and Ring Out Solstice Bells, because why not? Hey, that's a nice EP. It is. It really, it's a very festive, like a Christmassy EP, I would say. It's nice. Christmas with a hint of sporin. Just just a dash of sporin. That's all you need. That's all you need. You can always add more sporin. You can never take sporin out. You can't take it away. Yeah. yeah. And finally, a quote from Martin in the 1979 Melody Maker. Oh, yes. Quote, this year we completed an album's worth of material, and then we went away to America, and when we got back, we listened to it again, and it wasn't there at all. So we all decided to start again. Yeah. I feel like that happened with another album. Wasn't that Chateau? Yes. Yeah, it was the Chateau disaster, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that that was. But I also, I feel like there was another one where they, at least maybe another song where they they recorded it and then went away and then came back to it. And they were like, oh, no, this doesn't work at all. Yeah. it was some of Aqualung. Oh, I think, remember this? I think I you're right. This am, yeah. Am I confabulating it? I think there's there's some there's some rumor somewhere that they had to redo stuff. And I think like maybe Ian denies it. I don't quite remember that now. That sounds very familiar though. If only we could go back and somehow reacquaint ourselves with these conversations that we have had. But unfortunately, once we've fake them, they disappear into the ether forever. Absolutely impossible. I broke you. Yeah, I you uh, I, I glitched. Stitch, Stitch had a glitch. So I have nothing else in terms of Stormwatch right now. We'll keep we'll keep dipping our toes in. I had a thought. I was thinking about Dee Palmer. Please never stop thinking about Dee Palmer. I never do. And I was thinking I was thinking about. Well, I was listening to a. I found a new um, a new podcast called TED Talk Health. I think <laughs> it's like it's TED Talks, but it's specifically about health. And wellness. Sure, sure. And there was this amazing presentation, TED Talk, that this woman gave about being intersex. Oh. And the sort of facts about being intersex, her experience being intersex. And she quoted this number that kind of blew my mind. She said that it has been determined through various studies that an estimated 1.7% of the population are intersex. Well, I mean, we're seeing more and more people starting to come to realize that that they are, you know, it's it's not so scary. It's not so maybe a slightly less stigmatized than it has been in the past. Yeah. So I, I think I, for, just from the the more regular accounts we're seeing, that number sounds about right. But uh, yeah. And I mean, and for me, that's a great thing to remind people if if anyone's like, oh, yeah, that's that's great. But I've never met anyone who's intersex. Well, if you've met. 65 people or 70 people in your life then yes you have yeah you just you just don't know it they didn't know it at the time they they yeah it's it could be any number of things so i just wanted to drop that little fun fact on you yeah yeah good old good old miss d bringing knowledge to the party exactly Emanik. yes um should we listen to the song i can't wait to go home <laughs> I can't wait to stop doing this accent. <laughs> Let's. As the dawn sun breaks over sleepy gardens, I'll be here to do. 
All things to cover you. Oof. My goodness. I think, forgive me if I'm wrong, I think it is safe to assume that, that you enjoy this song. I do enjoy that song. Yes, yes, you are safe. Interesting note. The songwriters on Google Lyrics give credit to Joe Hurst and John Anderson. The hell is John Anderson? Is that his middle name? Ian John Anderson, maybe? I have no idea. Yeah. Who's it? Joe Hurst? Yeah, I'm seeing that right now. I have my doubts to the veracity of that. It could go upstairs and, and get the vinyl. I have doubts as to the viscosity of that. It's a non-Newtonian fluid, so you should have your doubts about that. I think that it, it's looking to me like John Anderson and Joe Hurst are owners of a music publishing company. So I, I suspect that oh. Google got the lyrics from the publishing company and accidentally accredited the songwriting to them rather than Ian Anderson. Yeah. And the, oh, Ian's middle name is Scott. So the Anderson connection is purely, red purely a red herring. Yeah. How, how unfortunately coincidental. So Nick, you assumed correctly that I like this song. May I make a dangerous assumption about you? You've been doing it for 20 years. Do it again. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> do you like this song? Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right. I do. I do. Is it because of your sentimental nature? I think it's the combination of that and and D strings. I mean, that. Yes. You could play that over a rabbit being slaughtered at it, and I would probably weep. Yeah, I yes, definitely. I would weep for the rabbit. You know what this reminds me of? It's sort of it's sort of like the the photo negative of to cry you a song. Oh. Because it's the same topic. Yeah, I see Coming that. Coming home to the person that you love. But in To Cry You a Song, it's all difficult. Everything is difficult. Coming home, it's a difficult process. You're struggling to get yeah. there so that you can, you can scream this song of love. And this is, there's an effortlessness about this. Well, To Cry You a Song was when Ian was just a little whippersnapper. You know, yes, and and married to Jay Franks, and he must have just been married to Jenny, like yes, I believe so. Fresh, newly, newly wed, as the term goes. As but this as one, we say, as, on as Earth the, here. the kids say, <laughs> this one is clearly like, I have a home, I have a farmhouse yeah. in England, and I just appreciate that time that I have with my wife. Yeah, and I think that the gentleness and and again the effortlessness of it is indicative of of the fact that this is a really healthy relationship and that he yeah that the writer has come to a place of accepting of himself as well. I mean I think that's that as you pointed out there is a big difference between these those two songs because in to cry you a song Ian was as you say a whippersnapper. Yeah. I think that's a nice way to put it that he's accepting of himself. This is not there's nothing begrudging here. This is like this is one of those very few moments, as Ian said, that we get to see behind the facade. And it's just a really sweet moment that he's sharing yeah. with us. He's not worrying about how many cigarettes he has. No, no, because he, he knows he can go home and have as many cigarettes as he wants. Or pipes. A wink, a wink. Oh, is that it? Oh, yeah. He's got a lace and pipe. Oh. 
So sorry. So so very sorry. Let's talk musically. Let us musically speak upon this. Amazing acoustic guitar from oh Mr. Anderson himself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so thick and resonant. As the dawn sun breaks over sleepy gardens. Yeah, it's not. There's nothing dainty here about the acoustic. It's it's very, no. but it's not like it's not aggressive either. It's just very. It's just very confident. It's firm. Yeah, it's a firm it's a hand. Firm, veiny guitar. <laughs> and then uh, there's an interesting thing going on with his voice. It, when it first hit my ear, it, it almost sounded like it was doubled. But then a couple seconds I later, know. I don't think it is. I can't tell. I think it's an effect that he's put on the vocal track or that someone has put on the vocal track that gives it the appearance of being doubled. But it's too... It um it does seem like there's like a doubled voice, but it's so perfect that it doesn't make it makes me think that it's not two vocal tracks laid on top of each other. It's like it was done stereo and they shifted the right ear a, a fraction, a literal fraction of a second, just yeah. so you notice the change. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way of saying it. And that may be in fact what they did. And I'm sure someone will correct us if we're wrong. Which we probably are. Which we probably are. Well, my goodness, do I love his voice in this. It's so it's so passionate. It's so genuine and sweet. Well, and it's not strained. It's I exactly. mean, I keep going back yeah. to the comparison to Cry You a Song, mm-hmm. where he's in that vocal place of da 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 da. Yeah. Rock and roll angst. It's very um he's he's pushing with everything he has. It's rangsty. It's rangsty. That's another beauty of this song, is he, he doesn't yes. he doesn't need to push with this. It's, no, it's just he's I, I just I the imagery every now and then we get that synesthetic image. I just I get him walking like cresting over a hill, the sun at his back. We see his shadow crest the hill first and then he just looks down on this this English manor that he he's he's so close. He's exhausted. His feet are so sore, but he's so close to being home and in front of that fire with Shona that he, that 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 walk is going to be nothing now that he sees the manor. Have you ever heard the expression "true love is like a good fart"? If you have to force it, it's not the real thing. <laughs> I've I've not heard that. That's that's pretty brilliant. And also the poetic, beautiful things that you said. <laughs> Let's go back to the music. We have Martin doing something interesting here, yep. which is a little different from what we've heard sometimes. Often what we've heard recently is Martin just coming in, either playing kind of electric rhythm in the background or just coming in for the Weedly Weedies, the counterpoint, basically. Yeah. And this is neither, yeah. Well, he he comes in with a couple of really awesome hooks and yeah. phrases. But for a lot of it, he's just in the background, almost parallel to Ian's voice. I'll be here to do all things to come for you. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a it's good accompaniment. Almost part of the string section. Yeah, yeah, ex- that's yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly where it belongs. Is it picks up. So it goes, it goes acoustic, Ian's voice, then Martin comes in with this kind mm-hmm. of nondescript. It's not, 
I mean, it, it must be plucking or something. I can't quite tell what he's doing with it. And then the strings come in very quickly after that. So they, yes. they do blend. Oh, I've been away. Left you alone this way. Why don't you come away? Yes, they do. And it's very well mixed, the entire thing. It is. I mean, you know, if, if you pulled the guitar a little bit further forward, it would, it would, the whole thing would feel a bit weird and aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then we have Mr. Barlow's drums coming in. Yep. Yep. Drums. In a very soft, restrained way. The bass comes in next, but I don't know where. I think it's a, I think it's simultaneous with the drums or, around that time. The shadows in the park were longer yet. By the time I noticed it, I'm fairly confident that it was in already. But those times when I do notice the bass, it's it's halfway decent bass. Even though it's Ian, it's halfway decent bass. It is. I mean, it's very pulled back. I think this song, yeah. I think the bass would sound a lot different if Glasscock was still playing on this song. But it also doesn't call for your your classic Glasscockian bass Glass- destruction. Glasscockian? Glasscockian. Oof, I don't like the sound. Yeah, of that. that's that's slightly slightly off putting. But yeah, I mean, I I wonder I wonder were he on this, how different it would be, like how how drastic it would be because it's such a the bass itself is so pulled back that is it is really more accompaniment than anything in this. But yeah. how crazy would he go on this? You know, because it's probably so not sweet. very because he's a yeah. good musician. Exactly, and he would know what the he would he would understand the assignment as the mm-hmm. kids. On TikTok, say, is is that actually a thing? I understand the assignment. I understood the assignment. That's part of a song. It's a popular expression. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but it's something <laughs> people say. I understood the assignment. I understood the assignment. I understood the assignment. I understood the assignment. This song is in uh, some kind of common time. It's in either 2-2 or 4-4. Maybe it kind of goes one to the other, but it's it's basically an even time signature. Mm, okay, okay. The drums build throughout as we get into that slightly, mm. you know, as we get into the meat of the song. Yeah. And then we have the strings, you know, throughout. It's gorgeous. The whole thing is gorgeous. It is, it is hard to listen to this song without really being swept away by the beauty of it. Yeah, it is. Truly. It is a sonic wave of just it, but it's a nice wave. It's like when you're in a, in a wave pool in a water park. You know, you're you're gently carried with it. It's not it's not terribly cacophonous or or like jarring, you know. It's not a, there's nothing abrupt about it. I've never been to a wave pool. I haven't either. I I've only <laughs> been to I've only been to a single water park and I didn't really partake in it much. You didn't drink a lot of the water. I, I, I mean, I drank enough, but I got sick pretty easily. I'm a lightweight when it comes to drinking water parks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just can't hold your chlorine. I was going to say, I, I, it's a mixture between the chlorine and the human urine. <laughs> yes, yes. That's the best part of it. That's the most nutritious thing in there. It's got to be, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, to make, a, to make a comparison to something that maybe we've both experienced, it's like sitting in an, in an inner tube floating down a lazy river. I've not done that either. Oh, my God. You haven't lived. <laughs> it's like sitting in the bath. Okay, there you go. <laughs> S- sitting in a in a stagnant lazy river. 
It's like looking at a glass of water from across the, from across the room. Oh my gosh, I do that all the time. Yeah. And this song plays in my head. Yeah. Do you want to jump into the lyrics, Nick? Yeah, 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 please. Okay. So knowing that that Ian quote, it's difficult to remove it from Fires at Midnight. That being said, I don't think it necessarily needs to be removed. I think it just puts, I think it just solidifies the thesis and, and really keeps it in the context of, of what it really is. I think this is a very different facet in the I love my home and wife diamond. Yes. That uh, upon which another facet is fires at midnight. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's only a two carat diamond. It's a two song diamond. It's a two-sided diamond. It's only got two sides. It's, it's a, a non it's a non-Newtonian shape. It's a flat diamond. <laughs> that's I'm sorry, sense. baby. That's all I could afford. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't afford a third dimension. Maybe next year. Well, but you know, Fires at Midnight, the imagery is all about coming home at the end of a long day. This is the opposite. This is like I got the the 3 a.m. flight in and I'm arriving at dawn. Yeah. Well, the household and the and the one I love is still asleep. Mm -hmm. and there's some lovely imagery that works on both sides of that i just i just uh, the dawn sun breaking over sleepy gardens i mean that's such an english type of image yeah it is and i love the expression i'll be here to do all things to comfort you Mm. as the dawn sun breaks over sleepy gardens all things to come you. Oh, it's so sweet. Right out of the gate. It's such a sweet line. Cause it's not, I'm gonna do the th- all the things that you need. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna do things to make you happy. Like it's very specific. Comfort yeah. is a very specific form of happiness, of being concerned for someone's comfort is like the yeah. ultimate level of of love and concern for that being and then and then going out of your way to make sure they are comfortable is like you can't you can't get any better than that i heard one time that the definition of a gentleman is someone who puts others comfort ahead of their own convenience yeah that sounds right i i i've not heard that but it sounds like it it sounds like the definition of a gentleman i mean it's in i think it's in some old book of nonsense but i oh there's also an element of guilt Mm. And though I've been away, I left you alone this way. Oh, I've been away, left you alone this way. It's like I acknowledge that this has been that this lifestyle is difficult, is hard. And then the the let your first smile take me home. Why don't you come away and let your first smile take me? It's it's almost home isn't a place. Home is the feeling that you get when the person yeah. you love smiles at you. Oh. Yeah, and she just happens she just happens to be there at the home, at the house. But because he's that's not where she lives. he's not quite there until she wakes up and, and she, he's the first thing that she sees and she smiles right. at him. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. What do you make of Lady Luck waiting for the kill? I think it's I lucked out finding you yeah and just just going for the kill is like making something that's so definite 
and and permanent. The, like the permanent. Yeah, there's no going back. So that's what that is. The shadows in the park were longer yesterday, and Lady Luck stood still waiting for the kill. The shadows in the park were longer yesterday, and Lady Luck stood still waiting for the kill. So I don't think yesterday is necessarily like chronologically yesterday. It's more a matter of like my my days were darker. I was oh. I was gloomier. I was sadder until I came upon Lady Luck, and she she struck and I found you. I love that interpretation. I had interpreted it, the line about the shadows much more literally. The shadows in the park were longer yesterday, meaning it's fall. Oh, okay. It's, it's getting into the fall season. You know, yesterday when I was coming through London, they were the shadows were longer than when I left. Okay, so it you know, left, that, left in the spring or left in the summer, coming back in the fall. That's a a demarcation of time that is. Yeah, well, it could be. Okay, yeah, because the sun's lower in the horizon, and so the it casts longer shadows because right. of science. Right. I don't know. I've never took it like that, but I mean that makes sense. I do like that that idea in terms of really putting the time frame here. He's already said he's been gone for a while and he's finally returning home that even though we don't even though we don't have a a mention of like an actual time when he last saw her yeah. that that does help to put it in perspective just that they were longer yesterday. And that's something that he's very clever with is is saying something without saying it. I mean, that's what yeah. poetry is, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's that's the last note that I have about the overall song is like there there is there's such gorgeous poetry in this song, and yes. we've been seeing more and more of Ian taking things to the to 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 the level of like really true poetry. And gosh darn it, his he is at his prime in his his lyric in his not. Until we get to four wheel drive, low ratio. That that and uh, astronomy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> not not in terms of the content per se, because he's always really good with the, the the language there. But he just takes it to the next level on on this these last couple of songs. Yes, and, and you know, again, I keep going back to cry you a song because it is for me. It's useful to look at that in terms of the like you're saying the evolution of the poetry, the evolution of the writing. In Cry You a Song, what's the phrase? Flying to London Town. Oh, all right. It's, you're flying on a plane. Uh, it's, Here. Dr- it's driving. I think it's driving through London Town. Driving through London Town? I think so. Either way, it's very, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. This is, and on a jumbo ride overseas, gray, deep and wide, I flew for heaven's sake and let the angels take me home. Oh, on a jumbo ride overseas, gray, deep and wide. So, you know, he's saying I flew home. Yeah. But on a jumbo jet. Right, right. The the seas gray deep and wide, that's like that's really the only thing that puts this song into Stormwatch for me, just in terms of of giving us that imagery. You could pluck this out and put it anywhere and it it would fit. But that Fair, that yeah. kind of that uh, 
whether it was intentional or not, I, I feel like that little imagery, that kind of throwaway line kind of places us here because yeah. of because of what we've been seeing environmentally. Well, and then if you pull back and look at the whole album, this also this almost acts as a foil, like when it's very stormy, dark weather, and then just mm-hmm. for a second you get that one ray of light that comes through and stands in contrast to how dark and stormy the weather is. Yeah. I, I feel like it's that. Yeah, this this song is halfway through side one. Mm. We've got Dark Ages and Warm Sporin coming up. So it is it is the kind of the eye of the storm or or when those clouds break. You're right. Yes, yeah. the breath before the plunge. Yeah. I just want to go back to I flew for heaven's sake and let the angels take me home. I think that's a little a double meaning there. Like for heaven's sake. I flew for heaven's sake, you know, just like as <laughs> as a term as a phrase sure. but also like this is this is preordained this is destined yeah. i am i am protected by god and the angels to get me home to you right by loving you i am serving the divine yeah i i have their protection it's i oh, surrendered to the to my purpose yeah oh it's so it's lovely it's it's it really, really is you know it makes ugh, it makes me want to be a better husband nick <sighs> omen oh, you have Aside from a couple of rocky bits, you've been a great husband to me. <laughs> you always you always know what to say. <laughs> oh, there's there's another lovely line that I want to pull out of here. There are two things that I want to mention. We don't have to go line by line, but I know what the Robin feels yep. in his summer jamboree. Yeah, so good. Oh my god. So good. literally come home to the breeding grounds yeah and and it's it's the idea of particularly in the spring the the robins coming out from the cold you know they're starting to to flirt with one another they're going for worms so there's there's an energy there there's a socialization there there's returning to the entities that you are supposed to be with yeah well and they're migratory so he's he's migrated back home are robins migratory probably (laughs) they're birds ain't they I've, you know what? I've never seen a bird when it was snowing out home, and you're right. <laughs> and then to finish the song, just so this is the 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 primo poet for me. All elements agree in sweet and stormy blend, Ooh. midwife to winds that send me home. All elements agree in sweet and stormy blend, midwife. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mercy. There's some unexpected elements in there. I mean, first of all, a sweet and stormy blend is my favorite drink. It sounds it sounds like the scotch that I just said. Oh, I finally tried the Talisker Storm at my dad's. Yeah, how, mm. uh, when, how long ago did you try it? That was this past weekend, so just about a week ago. And you're still drunk. And I'm, oh my gosh, it was good. I had just yeah. a snoot of it, but I've never had a really peaty scotch before. Yeah. But yeah. boy, howdy, it's nice. I do like it a lot. The next Moms camping retreat, we'll have to get that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. That'd be good. So all elements agree. I mean, there's something almost alchemical about that. Something kind of old world, the, you know, the four elements 
Yeah. Coming together to create the quintessence, the Philosopher's Stone. There's something magical happening. Also, I think it it goes from the from the religious to the if it's not religious, it's secular. Secular, yeah. It goes from the religious to the secular, or the the new religion, Christianity, to the mm. old religion. You know that, that we saw all, all in in songs from the wood. Yes. You know he's go he's going back to elements. He's going back to to animals and nature. He's giving mm. us that side of the the description there. So he's he's everything. Every force is aligned to get him home. A stormy blend, midwife to winds, delivers. It delivers the winds. It produces them. It pulls them out of the womb of nature. Yeah. It's really, it's like Poseidon sending a fair wind to, not Odysseus. He hated Odysseus. Who did Poseidon provi- provide a fair wind for? Anybody? Agamemnon. Agamemnon, He, he sacrificed sure. his youngest daughter, I believe, in the... The Agamemniad? The Orestian Trilogy right, is Agamemnon, written by Aeschylus. So it's Agamemnon, the Coephorae, and the Eumenides. Yes, the Eumenides. Okay, yeah. cool. The Eumenides are the harpies sent right. to punish. The Coephorae are the libation bearers. Well, Agamemnon comes home and gets murdered because he was a bad dude. Yes. I think his daughter or his wife kills him? Uh, his daughter and his son, I believe. Right. And then they, those two spend the, all of book three, play three. Dealing with the... Running from the Eumenides because they are specifically furies sent to punish uh, patricide. patricide. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Just another note about, you know, what you were saying, going from the modern religion, you know, the, the angels, the heavens, the animals, the elements. He's almost describing the... Do you remember the Elizabethan concept of the great chain of being? Ooh. That at the top you have God, and then as it goes down and down, you get the archangels, the angels, the the cherubs, and it gets down to uh, mankind and all the different social classes, starting with the the ordained ruler, and then moving down through the the nobles, and then to the tra- tradesmen, and then down to the the beggars and then way down to the bottom, the podcasters, and then it goes down to, to animals and, and then all the way down to elements. So he's, I mean, he's sort of saying everything in the universe is aligned perfectly to send me back to you. Yeah. I am going with the natural order. It's like, you you can't fight magnets like this. You can't fight the moonlight. I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. You did not. I did. Do you love that song? No. And you know, and you know, you can't fight the moonlight, no. We featured that. Can't fight it. A month or two ago, I think. A little while ago, we used it, yeah. Not too soon enough. Not often enough, I suppose. You can try to Anything else to say about home? I guess I don't really have anything else. I just, I love, I never sat and like listened to it. I never read the lyrics along with it. Same. So it was, it was really nice to kind of, but, and it was a beautiful song. It's always been like just a gorgeous song, but, but 
really getting into the fine detail of the poetry has just yeah. has just really moved this song up up the the ladder to me. I think I would put this on par with Maud's. When you think mm. in terms of just like a sweet love song, gorgeous music, I think that would be be a good if we were starting like a playlist. I think that would be a, a good pair to start with. That's that's your weep on the floor playlist. Yeah, try to try to tell Raven how much I love her, but she will never know because she'll never listen to this playlist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when Katie and I were driving up to Tennessee, or when we were coming back. I did. I did a lot of the driving, and I at some point I was fiddling with the armrest, and I op- I opened it up to get some pumpkin seeds or something, and I found the five dollar CD used CD of Aqualung that I had given her <laughs> on our sec that I bought for her on our second date when we went to a record store in Rochester, New York. Of all the albums to give to her, it's you start with Aqualung. What What would you start with? That's a classic. I know, but I mean, if you're trying to introduce someone to Tall, it's. I think it's... I gave her. I think I gave her Aqualung and Songs from the Wood. I think they okay. saw they had both of those for sale. Perfect. Okay, continue. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, you have this in your car!" I was like, "Do do you listen to it?" And she looked at me. and She's like, "No." I was like, "Did you ever listen to it?" She's like, "Yeah, I listened to it once." And I was like, "You hated it." She's like, "Yeah, I, I hated it." <laughs> like, okay, cool. Good talk as to be expected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Omen. Yes, Nick. If this song were a bird, hmm. what kind of bird would it be? It would be a beautiful organic raised chicken <laughs> cooked in the style that your mother used to make for you when you were a child. But now your partner has learned how to cook it exactly in that way. And and you weren't expecting it, but you came home and you smelled it and you're like, oh Mommy. I, <laughs> I hope that Raven never cooks a roast chicken the way my mom used to cook a roast chicken. All right. The way my mom used to cook it. Okay, fair enough. Because my mom used to just. It, her goal was to she make it, it as dry as possible. Oh, no. I don't know. She, she never, never managed to to do that nick if this song were a bath what kind of a bath would it be it would be a bath that you come home to after working 12 hours in november doing uh pulling wire through pull boxes okay let's say over a dozen five wires through about Six pull boxes. You're exhausted. You're soaked. You're freezing. You're starving. You walk in the door and your wife has drawn a bath for you with salts and, and has, has the, the diffuser going. So you've got a nice, a nice scent journey Mm. happening and you just, you just take your clothes off from the door to the bathroom. Yeah. And just just sink in and melt away. And she's also got that chicken in the oven. And that chicken is in... Yeah, you smell that chicken as you get out of the bath. Yeah. Oh, my God. You killed Harold. (laughs) What did you say the chicken's name was? Which chicken? I don't know. I mean, you made a joke. The the, the chicken that your your mother cooked you? 
No, never mind. We'll skip that whole section. <laughs> We're across purposes. <laughs> Clearly. You know, I just have an observation. Yeah. I, you know, you know, the joke that like boomer humor is I hate my wife and millennial humor oh, yeah. is I hate my life. No, I've never heard it like that, but yes. I sometimes have thought, oh gosh, Ian Anderson must have a really hard life because he has to spend so much time away from a woman that he clearly loves and he loves being yeah. at home. He's yeah. rarely at home. But actually, in a way, I think he's it's very lucky because when you have to be away from something, you gain such an appreciation for it. Yeah. Where if you have that, if you're in that environment or around that thing that is the object of your love all the time, it can you can forget how special and unique it is. If the, the relationship is healthy and strong enough to handle being uh, so far away from one another for so long, because that that's a stress in its own right. But yeah, if you if you can handle that distance, boy, does it make you appreciate the the time you are together. Sure. Yeah. So what are we going to discuss next week, Omen? Well, you said it earlier. We are next going to discuss Dark Ages. I'm super excited about Dark Ages. I I mean, I love this whole album. It's so good. It's so very good. I'm really, I'm really starting to appreciate it more. I mean, I liked it before, but if I had to choose of the three... You know, the 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 three folk folk triptych, this would be the last one that I want to mm. listen to. But now, you know, like I, I feel I feel the need to listen to more and more of this. Yeah. I'm I'm really digging I, it. I used I'm realizing I used to have this album reversed chron- in chronologically in my mind with Broadsword. I sort of mentally had this album after Broadsword. Oh, in, in terms of, of their release date? Yeah, in terms of or oh, in wow. terms of the progression of them. Yeah, it always surprises me how how late Broadsword was. Mm, yeah, in the run. Until next week, you don't have to travel across the world to receive our loving smile. All you have to do is pluck five stars from the firmament and give them to us first thing in the morning when we wake up, and then we will. File a restraining order. When we see a new Patreon subscriber, just five dollars, patreon.com slash talk told me. Or or when we see a sale of some merch, yeah. The link you can find in the show notes. We know what the Robin feels in his summer jamboree. We do. All elements agree that you should review us in a sweet and stormy blend you should play midwife to a review that will send us to a home of happiness until next week sweet tall skulls i am the dawn that breaks the sun nick mcgill i am the jumbo ride of necessity omen said we are the feckless momes that stood still waiting for the kill 
And this is the golden field of Talk Tall to Me. We're just getting more and more complex with every episode of things to remember and themes to do and... We're doing it, though. It's good. We are, yeah. We're, we're, we are pretty darn consistent. I have a suggestion. I don't think we should do an outro with this song. Really? Yeah. Number one, because I have zero ideas. Number two, because I think that it's such a beautiful song, I almost don't want to take the piss out of it. But how will they know that Talk Tell to Me is a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network? That was it. We did it.